I'll show you politics in America. Here it is, right here. I think the puppet on the right shares my beliefs. I think the puppet on the left is more to my liking. Hey, wait a minute. There's one guy holding up both puppets. Shut up. Go back to bed, America. Your government is in control. Read my lips. Just send your cash. There has never been so many lies, so much deception. (laughs) (laughs) Doesn't anyone notice this? I feel like I'm taking crazy pills. (laughs) Please clap. It's time for the Mike Madison Show, a new breed of conservative talk. Now, here's your host, Mike Madison. Showtime! All right, good morning. Welcome to the Mike Madison Show here at 103.9 WYAB. I am your host for the next hour, doing Mondays and Tuesdays from 9 to 10. Some alternative views on the news, I guess, is the best way to describe this show. I will, um, I'll be commenting on the Trump court appearance yesterday, as I'm sure this is pretty much, there's probably an unwritten rule. You have to comment on that today, so get ready for some variety (laughs) in views on that issue. Uh, One thing is for sure. It's one of the most dramatic scenes of the political theater season that's opening for us heading into the 2024 elections, so I'll certainly be talking about that uh, coming up here. As I say, I've got different views on this than the vast majority of people on conservative talk radio. Just some other things to consider, at least in my humble opinion. Quotes of the day today. I just ran across this one by somebody named Jacob Siegel, I clipped it in last minute. Ninth inning, threw it into my show notes here. Jacob Siegel said, quote, The American press, once the guardian of democracy, was hollowed out to the point that it could be worn like a hand puppet by the U.S. security agencies and party operatives. Disinformation is both the name of the crime and the means of covering it up, a weapon that doubles as a disguise. You know, I, it's always interesting to read uh, historical stuff. I think the media, we've always had issues with the media. It's very difficult for anybody to do something and not have a point of view on it. And as I've said many times, people say, well, we want news that just tells us the facts. I don't want to hear your slant on things. Just tell me the facts. That's just quite simply, I don't believe true. People will gravitate to news. What goes for ratings is news where people agree with you and they promote your your way of thinking about things. But our media, I, I can't imagine it's ever been worse than it is right now. Uh, quote of the day from uh, Voltaire. He said, many are destined to reason wrongly, others not to reason at all, and others to persecute those who do reason. <laughs> uh, Voltaire, I don't know a whole lot about him. I've had several quotes of the day from him. I guess he was around during the Revolutionary War. I'm listening to a, a book on uh, on Audible. I am crisscrossing the country these days so i've got some books on tape and uh listening to uh john adams it's a very very long thick book but very interesting uh leading up to and going through the revolutionary war and voltaire is mentioned uh with on john adams trip along with uh, uh benjamin franklin to france so I'm learning a little bit about Voltaire uh, in this. It's really a pretty fascinating book. I would recommend it. Uh, 
The only problem I have with this thing, and please, somebody correct me if I'm wrong. So we've got a guy that's reading. This book is 26 hours long, and I find myself fixating on this one issue. Uh, If John Adams has a car, and now my understanding is it is John, J-O-H-N, Adams, A-D-A-M-S, apostrophe, C-A-R, car. Right? It's John Adams' car. I am hearing all over the place now, and maybe I'm wrong. Maybe this is one of those you-can-do-it-either-way things, but I don't think so. Uh, And this reader of this, I think this is a New York Times bestseller. This is no uh, off-the-cuff pamphlet. He says it's John Adams's car. John Adams's Adams's car. (laughs) That's not right, is it? I've talked about it on the show before. There, I can't remember the last couple of instances I've seen of this, but along with the disappearing T, we are giving a couple of extra S's out there. I think it's John Adams' car, not John Adams' car. Anyway, I'm just saying. Uh, let's see, one other quote here. Ah, Voltaire, another Voltaire here. He said, it is difficult to free fools from the chains they revere. It is difficult to free fools from the chains that they revere. And this brings me to a point, as I said, I am currently in the process of, with new work, crisscrossing the country. I spent a week in Texas, a week in Illinois. I'm flying to these destinations. Uh, This means that I am uh, encountering, on a regular basis these days, the TSA. And and I I got to tell you, as somebody who has this this libertarian bent, this idea about freedom, the TSA. I don't think people stop and think about how egregious this is. I'm going to call your attention to it here because I believe that this is just an, an absolute huge abdication of our rights. And, and most recently, on my last flight, I was going through TSA. The woman in front of me had like four laptops in her bag. I carry two laptops in mine. She was struggling to get all of her electronics. You know, it's only one laptop per bin. They make sure they bark this order out constantly. No, you got to separate. You know, it's just all of the bossing around. So she's struggling to get all this stuff off. I'm taking my belt off, my shoes off, my jacket off, my vest off. I'm, I'm disrobing. They're, they're forcing me to disrobe to take a flight from Illinois to Atlanta. And this, this woman says, you know, I say something, you know, I, I don't dare. I don't dare speak too loudly. I might be taken to the little room and forced to undergo questioning, possibly put on a do not. So I don't dare. I don't dare cause a ruckus, but I did let it slip. This is so ridiculous. And the woman says to me, yeah, this is ridiculous, but at least they're keeping us safe. Let me say this statistic again for you. I mentioned it many times on the air, but I think it bears repeating, particularly as I have been... (laughs) I have been subjected to TSA uh, orders in the last few weeks. Uh, the TSA fails about 95% of the test. You know, the, 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 the TSA will actually go in and, and test itself, right? They'll take, I don't, I don't know what they do, knives, guns, uh, explosive, res- whatever it is. The TSA's failure rate, and this was year after year. Now, the latest time I saw this was probably three years ago. Maybe they've tightened the ship. With When it comes to government, that's not likely. 
but they had a record of failing in test after test somewhere in the 90 to 95 percent of the time they failed to recognize any of these things. Now, they did take from me, they did take from me the blending arm of my hand blender. I, I like my bulletproof coffee every morning. It's, it's a bit of an addiction. I think it's a healthy addiction, but it's, it's coffee with butter and coconut oil and stevia and cinnamon. And I, I love to blend that up for myself in the morning. It takes me through the majority of my day, so I take a hand blender with me, and somehow I was able to get it to Illinois. Excuse me, this was to Texas. I was able to get it to Texas, but on the way back, they caught me. And I asked the TSA agent, I said, well, I, I got the hand blender. There. You, you understand what a hand blender is, right? The blades on this thing, there's two blades that spin. They're about three quarters of an inch long. I, I've not ever seen the historical precedence for someone commandeering a plane. It's, it's a plug-in blender, too. Maybe if it was cordless, I could understand. But where was I going to find an outlet <laughs> to charge the cockpit to blend things? Uh, anyway, they took the blender arm. I didn't realize it until I had gotten home, but he left the motor part for me. <laughs> it's in the trash of my house if anyone can use that. But anyway, this woman said that, well, at least they're keeping us safe uh, with this TSA theater. And it is security theater when you realize uh, that they failed 95% of the time. But I bring this to a bigger point. I'm going to read to you, you constitutionalists out there, as I am. This is the Fourth Amendment to the Constitution. The Fourth Amendment, one of our parts of our Bill of Rights, I'm going to read it to you word for word, and I actually got this, quite ironically, off of, like, Senate.gov. The Fourth Amendment reads this, The right of the people to be secure in their persons, houses, papers, and effects against unreasonable searches and seizures shall not be violated, and no warrants shall issue but upon probable cause supported by oath or affirmation and particularly describing the place to be searched and the persons or things to be seized. And yet this, this Fourth Amendment to our Constitution is violated millions of times a day. There is no probable cause to strip search granny or your 11-year-old child there is no probable cause. There have been no warrants issued. There has been no outlining of suspicion. There has been absolutely nothing. But you are not. When you enter an airport, it is a constitution-free zone, apparently. And you are not secure in your effects. And I bring this up also for this thing. Do you remember when the TSA was created? I think the TSA is like the IRS and the rest of these things that boss us around and strip us of our rights. A lot of people, as generations move through, a lot of people think, well, that's just, it just is what it is. It's always been around, right? Wrong. I guess if you're Gen X, boomers, you can remember the glory days when there was no TSA and, strangely enough, not a ton of airplane hijackings. The airlines, who have the most vested interest in keeping their flights safe, they did their own security. And if they got overly aggressive or overly rude, you could actually complain to the airline and say, I won't fly your airline because I was treated like cattle trying to get on one of your flights that I paid for. Now, in 2001, 
Let's see. Well, uh, let's see. The Aviation and Transportation Security Act, passed by the 107th Congress and signed on November 19th of 2001, established the TSA. Uh, who was the president then? Republican George W. Bush. Who controlled the Senate? The Democrats. And who ran the House? The GOP. It's bipartisan tyranny. Have you ever heard a single word from the grand old party, the GOP, on this violation, this violation of the Fourth Amendment that occurs millions of times every single day? See, when you stop and think about how these things have been happening, and most people, like I say, they just accept that's just what it is. They don't know the TSA fails 95% of their tests. They have bought into the fear that was used during COVID, that's used any time they want to strip you of your rights. They made you fear for your life uh, for air travel so they could give you the solution. And the solution is always, anyone, anyone, give up a bunch of your rights. We'll take it from here. Have you heard one single person in the Republican Party who go out and campaign on the Constitution and our founding fathers? Have you heard one of them ever say, we need to knock off this Fourth Amendment violation each and every day? And it's occurring millions, billions of times a year. They violate the Fourth Amendment. Does anybody get in trouble? No. They get a spiffy blue uniform. The Libertarian Party tweeted this out. Conservatives are the masters of conserving tyranny. Progressives are the masters of progressing tyranny. Libertarians are the only protectors of liberty. I'm just saying. It seems pretty cut and dry to me. The Fourth Amendment is, uh, is pretty much in the waste of history. Be right back. A shotgun in my hands Behind the gun I'll make my final stand Yeah And that's why they call me All right, I'm going to save most of my financial stuff for tomorrow's show. Big things happening in the financial world, uh, and I, by that I mean the world, not just here. I didn't want to mention one thing, but I'm going to spend the second half of the show today talking about the new season of political theater. Uh, the new reality show that's playing out. I've even got, uh, I found what I think is the most appropriate theme music for the segments that I do on political theater. I don't do a ton of them. But I want them to be punchy. I want them to be exciting. So I found a little bit of a little bit of theme music for political theater, and uh, we're seeing a lot of that these days. The stock market, though, is doing very well. Uh, I made uh, a few weeks ago made a leveraged bet against the stock market against the S and P. I think I might have come on air and talked about what a genius I was because I waited for it to break a trend line, and then I took it and talked about how I think the computers are in charge, so uh, my timing was great. (laughs) Well, it was not. I'm getting creamed because this is a leveraged thing, which means that if the S&P drops by 1%, I make 2%. Problem with that is if the S&P goes up 1%, I lose 2%. So I'm, I'm currently losing on that, but I'm crushing it with all of my gold mining stocks and silver mining stocks, precious metals taking off. You ain't seen nothing yet, as Bachman Turner Overdrive told us. So we're going to see the market right now. The stock market is pricing in a Fed pivot to stop raising rates and start lowering interest rates. Of course, we know, at least here on this show, that will just stoke more inflation 
should they do that? But I got to tell you, it's an odd position to be in as somebody who has really probably spent an inordinate amount of time during my time on the airwaves uh, talking about the Federal Reserve and how it should be abolished and the, the disaster that it is for the average American. It's a great tool of the uber-wealthy. It is a large part of why they are uber-wealthy. Uh, but Jerome Powell right now, while I'm not a fan, don't get me wrong, I'm not a fan, but it is interesting to see he's doing things that I didn't think he would do. Things in the economy are breaking, and he is standing firm on raising rates. Now, everybody will tell you, that's the big Fed mistake. they got to stop raising rates. They're making a huge mistake now. Just always remember, no, the huge mistake was in 2008, 2009, taking interest rates down to zero. I believe this was Ben Bernanke. He was heralded on the cover of Time magazine and every Wall Street thing, being the savior of America, his, his swift... Swift and severe actions curtailed what could have been a huge financial crisis. He was, he was lifted up on a chair and marched around the room as being this hero. He is the true enemy. This one single person, now there's a Federal Reserve Board, but basically Ben Bernanke himself really ushered in the nightmare uh, that is going to unfold when it comes to inflation and the value of the U.S. dollar. People shouldn't forget that. Jerome Powell has been a lot more steadfast in keeping rates higher. And eventually we need to. I uh, uh, was listening to somebody yesterday that said that he's, he's trying to do this. I've talked about zombie companies here on the show before. There are a lot of companies out there, big companies, trading on the S&P 500. They don't make enough money to pay the interest on their debt. That was at a time when they could borrow money for 1%. They sure as hell cannot afford to pay the interest on their debt if they're having to refinance their debt at 3%, 4%, 5%, 6%. There's going to be a lot of zombie companies out there that are killed off, and they should be. I'm sorry if you work for one of them or if it affects you in some way. It's very sad, but these companies would not have even existed. We, I don't think we have any understanding of how many things in our society would never have even existed, including J.P. Morgan, Goldman Sachs. Bank of America, Merrill Lynch. There's a whole lot of companies out there that really shouldn't even exist right now. Had they let the market clear out the excesses after the 2008 crisis instead of bailing them out, there's a whole lot of things, that, but we would be so much better off. Other responsible companies would have come into those spaces and acted responsibly and built something sustainable and responsible, but instead we bailed them out. So I'm, I'm, I'm interested. Jerome Powell, he's sticking to his guns. I'm still not a fan. Anybody who's working at the Federal Reserve is, is a soldier of the Death Star, in my opinion. But it's interesting to see. But the markets are pricing in that he's about to pivot. He's about to start slashing rates. But I thought we'd just take a quick look, a quick look at how the, how the average mom and pop's doing. How are Joe, uh, Joe and Jane Lunchbox faring these days? There's an interesting Twitter account called the Kobiesi Letter. They just put out a lot of statistics about where things are right now. Uh, auto loan and credit card interest rates just hit a record high. Average credit card rate now is 24.5%. Used car rate is 14%. New car rate is 9%. Meanwhile, meanwhile, how's the consumer doing? Total household debt, $16.5 Auto loans, $1.6 
and credit card debt, $986 billion. And student loans just hit a record $1.6 trillion. Of course, they haven't had to pay any interest on that since 2020, but that is set to resume. So we have this perfect storm of record amounts of debt at the same time. The interest on that debt is hitting records at the same time. But don't worry, Joe Biden says everything's fine. Nothing to see here. He's got it firmly under control. Whew. This is just, it's, you know, we, we've all been in a position where you can see a couple of cars coming to an intersection. You realize neither one of them is going to stop. I mean, you just know this accident is about to happen. You just get the, there's nothing you can do. You can't shout out. You can't stop them. I mean, it's already going to, all you can do is watch. That's how I feel right now. A little bit of loneliness, a little bit of disregard, handful of complaints, but I can't help the fact that everyone can see these scars. What I want you to want, what I want you to feel, but it's like no matter what I do, I can't convince you to just believe this is real. So let go of watching you, turn your back like you always do, face away and pretend that I'm not, but I'll be here because you're all that I got. All right, we are back. This is the Mike Madison Show, 103.9 WYAB. Thanks for joining me. Now, people, many people might not share my views here. Uh, most people live in bubbles to a degree, and I believe conservative talk radio has been guilty of creating bubbles. But I think it's well advised that you understand that there are many people who share a lot of my views. And, and this becomes important in a campaign season when you are picking uh, who should be the nominee for the 2024 uh, Republican nomination? I think these things are important. I might be a rare public voice here in central Mississippi, but I assure you there are a lot of people like me nationally who are former Trump uh, voters who are not really impressed. I'm going gonna, I'm gonna to tell you a couple of the reasons why in just a second. But uh, basically, I, I said last week, and I stand by it, the Trump indictment, and the entire thing is, it's a scripted event. It's a play. It's a play for the masses. And for that reason, I've decided to punch up my political theater segments, although there are a few of them. I try to get to the more important stories if I can. Uh, but I, I think I should to punch these up. And I found a great theme music for uh, the political theater. There we go. I think that's uh, I think that's appropriate for what we're seeing right now. Uh, the Democrats will will play their voters. Uh, Donald Trump will get all the attention he created. Oh, and the fundraising, the fundraising on this. I watched a little bit of uh, of Trump's speech from Mar-a-Lago yesterday. And, of course, on the podium is text to Trump to 802244, whatever it is. What do you think that's about? They just want to hear from you? Know that you're with him? No, no. No, you will be entered into a, a text system, as every political candidate does. I'm sure it's quite effective. I'm not even really insulting it, but it is what it is. Uh, this is about fundraising as well. Now, I'm a little surprised that Trump didn't go for the, the full Monty with handcuffs and a perp walk and all that stuff, because that would have really fired up his, his base. But I, I don't think I, I thought about it for a minute, a nanosecond, and thought, now nah, his, his ego would not allow him 
to look like he is being controlled or or that that would be a weak look uh, for Donald Trump. So there was none of that stuff. Um, But Trump knows that these events are his best path to the Republican nomination. And the Democrats also know that. I think that's worth at least considering, as I say, I'm going to bring up some points that maybe people don't typically think of, don't want to think about. But I don't think it's any secret whatsoever uh, that all of this theater is designed to uh, to make Trump more viable as the Republican nomination, uh, the nominee. Because I believe that the Democrats are so bad. Now, believe me, there have been elections where we've been surprised, whether it was election nefarious uh, elections or brainwashed people. I mean, I'm really surprised there are two million Democrats. There may be two million people out there. Now, I always underestimate the number of people who are on the government teat. Of course, that crosses party lines when it comes to Social Security and Medicare, but we've just got a whole lot of people that are dependent on the system, so I guess that makes up the bulk of the Democrat voters. But I believe that Donald Trump is the Democrats' best hope in 2024. Um, So I'm not going to rehash this whole thing. The charges are silly. The charges are silly. I'm curious about a few things, though. Um, I was very vigorous uh, in my wanting to see Bill Clinton just hung out to dry for lying under oath about uh, Monica. Was it? Yeah, Monica. Was it Monica or Paula? (laughs) There were several of them. It's so cute. I remember where I was standing. I was standing in the parking lot of a friend's uh, business. And I remember saying these words. This is so cute. This is so cute. I remember saying something like, look, only uh, what was Bill Clinton, the 42nd president? I remember saying these words. Look, only 42 people have had the honor of serving as president of the United States. Can we not at least find good, honest, moral people? (laughs) Oh, I was so naive. Can you imagine? And since that time, I've realized that there are almost no moral or honest people in political offices anywhere. Now, that's a broad generalization. There are certainly some good people that get into politics. I think they get chewed up and spit out and they quit, realizing they can't make a difference. But it is just cute that I thought we we should really have this standard for our politicians. At least the president, he should be a moral, upstanding person. <laughs> oh. oh, youth, youth. So the charges uh, uh, in this particular case are absolutely ridiculous. I do believe that they will be dismissed. As I said last week, nothing will come of this. This is political theater designed to distract and divide. As far as I'm concerned, uh, maybe there'll be a fine, something along those lines. Oh, dear. A billionaire got fined. I I do find it. Yeah, this is not going to please some people, but I I do find it interesting to watch conservative Christians supporting a person who cheated on his pregnant wife with a porn star. And, and what I hear to that is, because I'm just curious, and what I hear is, well, God doesn't give us perfect people. Well, I, I just am curious, where is that line? I don't remember a whole lot of conservative Christians saying, well, yeah, I mean, the economy was pretty good in the 1990s. I don't remember people saying, yeah, well, Bill Clinton may be a creep, but... God doesn't give us perfect people. That's just a moral failing. But it's it's interesting. And and I got to tell you, and maybe it's because this is a little personal to me. I have experienced 
within a relationship, infidelity. And and I am does it not take not cause anybody to have a slight pause to say, can you really count on the loyalty and the impulse control of somebody who would cheat on their pregnant wife with a porn star? This issue was lost, and I'm not, you know, if Donald Trump was the greatest president in the world, in, in my estimation, if he had returned us to a gold standard, ended all the wars, closed the Federal Reserve, if he had done all of these things that I really think are the most important things, then, I mean, I, that, it wouldn't be a disqualifying event, but it does seem a little odd because we've we've created Trump into some level of a deity almost. And I got to tell you, if you... If you won't be loyal to your wife, will you really be loyal to your constituents? This is somebody that you love, supposedly, you, you live with, you're face-to-face with. If you can't be loyal to them, how loyal will you be to millions of faceless people that you've never met? I'm just saying. But again, that may just be my, my own biases coming through. But here's, here's a couple of things. Uh, this is a distraction. We have got some serious financial issues uh, coming. And while people shriek and wail about the poor billionaire, <laughs> they, are bu- they are busy you know, stripping you of what's left of America's financial future. Now, there's a, there's a lot of talk about this dollar stuff right now. I, I'm almost trying to, I've been talking about this for really now about decades once you start to kind of understand economics and you see what's coming, as I talked about earlier, it's like a, it's like a car wreck. You can see coming. I, I've, it came a little bit in 2008. We, we just papered over it. We didn't fix anything. And now it's coming back again. And I, I don't know how bad it's going to get. I don't want to go over the edge. I've purposely positioned myself in a professional career that I believe is deep recession proof. I may be wrong, but we'll see. But one of the things that people say, let's see if I could pull this clip up real quick. I should have had it prepared. I'm a little rusty. I'm still a little rusty. Uh, One of the things that people say, and I share this with you, one of the things about Donald Trump that people like is who his enemies are. And this political theater is full of all of the, uh, even down to the nasty court jesters. This was the Colbert Show. I'm your host, Stephen Colbert. Ladies and gentlemen, today I am feeling a little extra American. One reason, today is baseball's opening day. Here in New York, here in New York, here in New York it was 40 degrees, but I still ate ice cream out of a baseball helmet. Why? Oh, just a little something worth celebrating today because literally three minutes before I walked out on the stage here, the New York Times reported a New York grand jury voted to indict former President Donald J. Trump. That's like Price is Right new car. Cheers right there. So I, I, sure, I can't stand Stephen Colbert. But this is what political theater does. This is what it's designed for. This is to rally the left, to rally the right, to get us back into the pitched battle. While again, our our economy is crumbling under our feet. I can't stand Colbert, but that doesn't mean that I'm going to absolutely defend the the New York billionaire. I I'll tell you in just I gotta tell you what I'm gonna take a break so I can put these points together. It's just a few reasons. 
few reasons I'm a little short on sympathy for this. Number one, I believe it's political theater. It's a big much ado about nothing. I see the I see the playbook. I could be wrong, but we all interpret things that we see. So I can't get real worked up about it that way because nothing's going to happen. A lot of people are saying, "Oh my gosh, this has set this precedent," and somebody somebody put out a comment somewhere. They said, "This is not setting a new precedent for each party." going after the other party after uh, somebody leaves office. And they said the reason it's not is because the Republicans are too chicken blank to, uh, to ever actually do any of these things. And I think there may be some truth to that. And there's a lot of people saying, oh, they're just worried about the president. I reported on a story weeks ago about Peru. I don't necessarily want to live in Peru. I've visited it's a beautiful country, some very interesting ancient artifacts in Peru. But they have run out of prison space for their ex-presidents. I think there's something to admire there because it is, and still is, uh, my, my opinion that all modern presidents uh, should be in an orange jumpsuit for a myriad of financial abdication of their oath of office and war crimes. So I admire Peru on a little bit of the fact that they're wrangling their people as soon as they leave office. It's like uh, the public school system in the jails here in the United States. <laughs> it's just a, there's just a turnstile. And I guess in Peru, you're really trying to win that next election because if you don't, clink, the handcuffs are on. I think there's something to be said for that. But I'll tell you when I come back. And I know, I know this is not popular. But I think, I think it's some things worth considering. Uh, there's some reasons why I'm a little short of sympathy uh, on this particular matter. We'll discuss that when we come back. Stick around. Maybe I'm the one, maybe I'm the one who is the schizophrenic psycho, yeah. Maybe I'm the one, maybe I'm the one who is the schizophrenic psycho. I think I'm misunderstood. I am for you. This is why I don't carry water for political parties or politicians or any of these people, because I know how badly the American people, the little guy, is taking it in the shorts. Republicans and Democrats, blacks, whites, Hispanics, Asians, doesn't matter. The American people have been abused. I'm on your side. Uh, I wanted to play just a couple of things here. I don't have a whole lot of time, but this was just one clip that I got last night from Trump's speech at Mar-a-Lago. And this is what he said, very quick clip here. And I never thought anything like this could happen in America. Never thought it could happen. Now, I have a big problem with this because it happens every single day to the little people. Do you know that a guy was just found, Douglas Mackey, found guilty of violating rights with a 2016 memes Telling Hillary fans to vote by text, a jury has found former Internet troll Douglas Mackey guilty of violating people's constitutional right to vote by disseminating memes encouraging Democrats to vote via text in the 2016 election. This guy is facing 10 years. Oh, well, Mike, that's the Biden justice system. I, I, I agree with you. Boy, these Democrats are much of authoritarian. They got no sense of humor either. That's that's a problem. But these same kinds of things were going on during Republican and Democrat administrations. Um, the guy could get 10 years. And see, it's the little people that I really get concerned with, not a New York billionaire going through uh, the scripted political theater of the day. Yeah, I, I'm concerned with the hundreds of regular little people 
who supported Trump and were thrown into jail had their lives destroyed personally and financially after January 6th. They aren't billionaires. They don't get to get behind a podium and do a bunch of fundraising. These kinds of abuses have been going on in this country for decades. And this is why I'm a little short of sympathy in any kind of a political theater when some politician is about to get their, their hands slapped. And this is probably the biggie for me. And, and you, can, you can assess this however you want to. How do I whip up any concern for Donald Trump? And again, nothing's going to come of this. He's going to probably pay a fine or its charges will be dismissed. I don't know what the script is. I know it's scripted. I don't know what the script is. But Donald Trump spent his four years in office persecuting and jailing an innocent man, a journalist, Julian Assange. Donald Trump says he doesn't know how this could happen in the United States. How have we come so far? And he goes on to pro- proclaim his innocence in this issue. And how, how could some rabid prosecutor go after an innocent man? Julian Assange committed no crime. Donald Trump uh, made sure that he stayed in a jail, persecuted him, tried to slow kill him. He and Mike Pompeo discussed killing or kidnapping him for the crime of anyone, anyone exposing deep state secrets. This feels a little like karma to me, although I know it's not real karma because nothing's going to happen to Donald Trump. Well, he will raise millions and millions of dollars about that. But a man who persecuted Julian Assange, and left him rotting in a prison cell when all he had to do on his way out was sign a piece of paper and free this guy. Ditto for Edward Snowden. But he didn't, and now I'm supposed to cry crocodile tears because he's got a couple of charges that will amount to basically nothing. And then there's this. People say, uh, I should judge Trump by his enemies. And I believe there's something to that. This is why I voted for him in the first place. But, you know, this class, uh, this political class is just a bunch of narcissists. Their hatred may be more based on his style of attack on them. I mean, he he carved some of them up pretty good during the campaign season and during the court. Anybody who was disloyal to Donald Trump, he beset them. These are narcissists. They don't like to be called out, made fun of. But he seemed to carry out most of their policies. There was not a whole lot of policy difference uh, there, in my estimation. Some people disagree. But I also judge Donald Trump by his friends. And I ran across this clip. These are the true supporters. And I ask you, why would this supporter be so hellfire bent on making sure that Donald Trump is our president again? This guy? So what's behind all this? Hatred. They tried to destroy Kavanaugh because they wanted to keep the Supreme Court seat open. They're trying to destroy Donald Trump because they fear him at the ballot box. To the conservatives out there, make sure you vote. If you got friends, make sure they vote. If you don't have any friends, go make some (laughs) friends. But you need to help this man, Donald J. Trump. They're trying to drain him dry. He spent more money on lawyers than most people spend on campaigns. They're trying to bleed him dry. DonaldJTrump.com. Go tonight. Give the president some money. This is going to destroy America. We're going to fight back at the ballot box. We're not going to give in. How does this end, Sean? Trump wins in court, and he wins the election. That's how this wins. Uh, That is Sissy Graham. Sissy Graham, the senator from South Carolina. Lindsey Graham, 
one of the most objectionable creatures to have ever slithered onto the stage at Washington, D.C. Maybe Sissy Graham is just looking for another alpha male after his boyfriend, John McCain, uh, was sent down. Down, down. But why is it that Lindsey Graham, and, and Trump started his campaign in South Carolina on the stage with Lindsey Graham. Why is Lindsey Graham such an excited supporter of Donald Trump? This is the guy that never saw an armed conflict he didn't fall madly in love with. Do you think he'd be supporting Donald Trump if he thought he was going to end the warfare state here in this country that's bankrupting us and inflicting pain and misery on our own troops and people around the world? Lindsey Graham, so I agree, Trump's got some of the right enemies, but he certainly has some of the wrong friends. Sissy Graham there, he's almost in tears at this persecution of Donald Trump. And I find myself asking why. How have these guys become such great bedfellows? That, that definitely whittles away at any sympathy I might have for the persecution of Donald J. Trump. That's all the time I've got for today. Have a great one. I'll see you tomorrow. Uh, bye-bye. Here comes the-